folks, and thank you once again and as always for downloading the It's Not All About Me podcast, a podcast featuring a guy with me and a mic, and that's me, Paddy. Uh, this week, as you'll see from the, um, the description of the episode, it is not all about me. We have a couple of uh, special guests. They're always special, aren't they? So we have a couple of guests uh, on this week, uh, Sean and Neve Henneberry. And we'll get to them really quickly, I think, today, because it's another quite long episode, as I'm sure you can see for yourselves. Um, a special thanks I wanted to give out um, uh, to everybody. It was lovely coming back after a six-month break last show, and uh, the, the reception was really nice. So thank you for the retweets, thank you for the shares, thank you for the listens. Uh, thank you for the subscribes and the downloads, the streams. Um, that's all very much appreciated. Um, it was really nice to get back behind the microphone and then um, to get an episode out again. It really was. Um, I want to thank somebody called Jim Bob Gus, who left a review on iTunes. Uh, Jim Bob Gus said, uh, honest and authentic. This is a brutally honest account of navigating life, living with CFS slash ME. As the rest of the world continues at its hectic pace, this podcast describes life in the slow lane and how to deal with, and sometimes not too well, the struggles of managing chronic illness through different stages of life, whether that be relationships, the birth of a child, or ME advocacy. Well worth subscribing to. Well, thank you so much, um, Jim Bob Gus, posted on the 25th of March of this year. Um, I really appreciate that. That's super kind. And if anybody else feels inclined or in the mood to drop a five-star review, then, you know, that that would be lovely. Uh, so thank you, um, regardless, for just listening and, and uh, you know, sitting in on the chats. Uh, so this episode is... I'm still not entirely sure what day it's going to come out, so I can't I can't speculate. But it's not coming out on a Monday. I know that um, because today's Tuesday already. Um, and there's there's a couple of good reasons for that. The first one is um, it's it's not coming out. I I tried or I said I think last show I'll try and have a show come out every two weeks. Um, that's not going to be the case going forward. Uh, this time, the reasons for it not coming out is I had a touch of the coronavirus, just a touch. Uh, it was enough to put me in bed for almost a week. Um, and then obviously with our special illness underlying as it is, um, although it doesn't always feel like it's underlying too. I mean, now with the parlance of the day, it's underlying, but anybody with, uh, with ME will know it's far from underlying. It's normally lying right on top of you and you can't get out of bed or off the sofa or go and do any of the nice things you'd like to do. Um, but uh, with that, obviously, I took a bit more time to recover. So that's why um, it didn't come out on a Monday after two weeks from the last one. And the other one is, and I don't want to talk about this too much this week because uh, um, I'm going to do a whole show on this next time. And it's it's that uh, inspired, I think, in part by, by some of the chat I had today on, on today's show with uh, Neve particularly. Um, I, I, I kind of thought, well, two weeks is a bit of an arbitrary target, isn't it? Well, that's what I thought to myself. I was like, who am I, you know, why am I saying two weeks? What, what am I competing against? Or why am I setting kind of a target that really doesn't mean anything? Um, so episodes are going to come out when they come out going forward. But actually, I'm kind of thinking that might mean they come out more frequently than every two weeks, not less. That remains to be seen. But I'm, I'm, I, like I say, next episode, I'll get into this a bit more deeper. Um, but uh, what I would say, given that, though, is if you haven't done it already, now might be the time to uh, go to your podcast of choice, podcast player of choice and uh, just hit subscribe and the notification button so that you'll be told when this when the next episode comes out that'll be handy and if you don't already again maybe uh, follow me on twitter on uh, at zero all about me and again you would get told when the new show's out but i think hitting the notification button on your podcast player is probably the best way to do it if you don't already subscribe and notify all right, so on with the show this week. Um, so ages ago, uh, someone got in touch with me, I think through SoundCloud, which is where I 
I upload my my episodes. Um, a, a guy called Sean and said, "Hey, I I like your show. I'd like to come on it." And I don't check my SoundCloud messages. I have to be honest, I, I didn't know I could get messages on SoundCloud until he messaged me. And I noticed it while editing another show. Um, and I got in touch with him and found out that this guy is 14 years old. And that blew my socks off. I was like, wow, that is by far the youngest. Uh, actually, it's the youngest person I know with Emmy. And, uh, and it's definitely the youngest person who has been on the show as well. Um, so uh, I was super excited um, all the way through my, my kind of extended uh, paternity leave break, we'll call it. I was excited to get back to the show because I knew I, Sean would be the first guest. Little did I know, though, whenever I started talking to him and setting up the uh, the chat, that it's not just Sean who has ME. Um, all four kids in his family have ME. And over the next two interview shows we're going to talk to most of the family uh this week we have sean who's 14 and neve who is 17 and then in a couple of weeks time we will have on the show um his younger sister eilish and his mother uh to round it up and talk about what it's like to have a whole household of people with emmy uh so wow yeah i just found that out as we were prepping the show um and uh so this is going to be a two-part special um over over a few weeks uh but i started off by um just uh chatting to to sean so without any further ado um thank you once again for for listening i'll come back in a little bit but here is my chat with 14 year old sean hennebury all right, and uh, we're here with Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us all on. <laughs> yeah, it did start off. Um, I'm, I'm, I was. I have to be honest. You know, um, we've had uh, writers on the show. We've had poets. We've had um, people who are heads of international organizations. Um, whenever we took our break, you actually got in contact with me before I took my break. And uh, all I've been talking about and thinking about whenever the show came back was this chat. Not to put any pressure on you <laughs> or anything, but um, I'm yeah. The idea you are, I suppose you know, it's not the reason you're on, but it's one of the reasons I was super excited. Was um, you're the youngest person we've ever had on this show, and uh, that's an experience that I I. Being, I was ill, I think, sometime around your age, but I didn't know I was ill, you know, for 20 years later. So someone who's aware of their illness at your age, um, I, I'm really fascinated about hearing your story. And then to find out um, there's not just one, but uh, several of you guys. Uh, well, I'm just, um, I'm really grateful that you guys have taken the time to come and share your experience. So I guess a question I start with with everybody is um how are you doing how are you feeling um well today i'm okay i suppose it's one of my um decent days anyway <laughs> um usually i'd like my main uh, symptom would be dizziness so i get that yeah that would be the worst um <laughs> whenever i would stand up on one of the days where it's really bad i would just not be able to see anything and then I'd have to like grab onto the nearest thing around me so I don't fall over and um, my vision would come back within like five to eight seconds or so and then I'd just kind of be able to walk around after that but it's it's uh, quite scary when it happens because I don't know like if I'm gonna fall over or um injure myself or something yeah and is was this dizziness was that kind of your first symptom whenever uh you you first realized something might be up with you um well my first it started out as um a virus and i think it's the same for all of us but um for me it was like high temperature and um just a, a random virus really and just high temperature and uh stomach problems with eating anything i would just get 
massive stomach pains and it would be um yeah that went on for um just under like three weeks or something and um and then after that i started getting the symptoms of like my legs kind of feeling like they were melting into the couch like the legs going type thing and then it just kind of got worse from there um, and what what age were you whenever this happened um i would have been 13 and uh, that was april of 2018 and then um, yeah and six since then <laughs> that that must be i mean how was that for a 13 year old to feel your legs are melting into the couch that must have been terrifying um well yeah because i for the first three weeks or so i just thought i was gonna be fine and everything and then when my legs went i thought oh no it's the same thing and um I was the only one who wasn't sick with it at that point. Um, well, apart oh. from my, my mom, she doesn't have it, but she's experienced it all as well. Um, like seen, seen us all go through it, but um, yeah. all my siblings already had it at that point, and um, my aunt and my cousin. So, what was there? Uh, was there? Were you worried then that whenever these things started happening, that Oh my goodness! If this is me as well, was that did that feature in your thinking? Um, yeah, it, it was kind of just like exactly that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah, all the thoughts of like, oh, I'm probably never gonna get better or do normal things again. All that kind of stuff went through my head. Um, yeah, yeah. But I've, I've kind of learned now to accepted better than i i would have coped in in the beginning <laughs> man you're blowing me away here talking about acceptance you're putting me to shame um, uh i needed i needed a uh this this whole show to try and get some kind of acceptance and i still struggle every day i think um that fear of okay um you so you said two things there life's going to change and I'll never get better. Let's talk about maybe the, the life's going to change thing. This hit you at the age of 13. And what did that mean for you in your life um, from that first virus to now? What's changed for you? Um, well, I, I haven't been in school for a um, couple of years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I used to have anxiety issues before I got sick. So I was, I already missed a lot of school because of that and then um i would have like so i would have already missed a lot of school which i kind of regret now as well because i was well enough to go in but i i couldn't because of the whole situation that i was in before that and then yeah um yeah so after i got sick i kind of thought i, I was i was very mixed of like oh, well, now the anxiety can be kept at bay, but also it's going to be tough to, like, once I, like, the first month or so, I suppose, I was kind of relieved, but also worried for, like, now, kind of, like, the next few years, or, um, I suppose, when I'm an adult and um, stuff, if I'm still sick by then, and, um, but uh, yeah, so now I I do regret kind of missing um a lot of school before I got sick as well. But um, I suppose at the time that was just kind of the situation that I was in. Um, yeah, and the I mean the anxiety, of course, it's it's just as valid an illness as as you know the the your your current illness, isn't it? Uh, I do, I respect uh, that your honesty and I really identify with you talking about that sense of relief. It's, it is funny whenever we describe our illness to people and, uh, you know, well, it's something everybody's experiencing at the moment, but the idea that, no, I don't have to work or I don't have to go to school, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly able or, or I've got permission to sit on the sofa all day and watch television if I want. 
Uh, but it, it's not like that, is it? It's not actually like being on holiday your entire life. Yeah, I suppose like doctors and stuff might um, see it that way of like older kids might not actually be sick. They just want to, you know, laze around all the time. But um, it is actually difficult because like there are symptoms with it and there's the thing of dealing with like if people have a lazy day when they're not sick it's their choice but when it's with me it's like you don't get to choose that um, you'd be stuck in bed for two weeks or something like that so absolutely really well said man really well said i applaud that completely beautifully put uh so you haven't been able to go to school um since this happened um how do you manage education then um well we kind of just uh, took a year or a year and a half to just rest and um get uh, our and adjust to um our new situation but then uh we're, we're starting to get like online studying and stuff set up so it's it's kind of just now that we were doing that because we tried to get um tutors uh uh six months ago or something and um we all just kept crashing and crashing because mm. we weren't able for it at that point so it, it's kind of just now that we're able to manage our symptoms to get studying done and um just some kind of work done yeah i can imagine that's actually really difficult to because like you obviously your symptoms and this will probably be something i'll talk to uh your mom about but i guess obviously your symptoms are going to be different for all of you guys on any given day right um yeah like we all have uh different symptoms that we struggle with like um Mine would be dizziness, but um, one of my siblings could, like, for my brother, it was, like, his heart for a while, and, and then we discovered, we thought that he had palpitations, and then we thought, oh, um, what's going on? Is there something wrong with his heart? And then we realized it was an ME symptom, and then um, it kind of clicked that he had it as well, and then now he, he doesn't have any heart issues or anything, but um, he does have all the same t symptoms as us but um yeah they're like everyone would be stuck in bed different days or different like like the one main symptom that we'd all struggle with would be different so yeah uh, yeah my goodness um so you talked about what you've missed out on uh and i guess uh whether it's it's school or it's work um you know it's something that people who are really in the midst of it can identify with. Uh, but you did talk about acceptance, which is something that I think it's it's very difficult, I think, with this illness. Um, I myself, I don't know how much I should accept. I don't know if that makes sense because I want to be, I want to fight. I want to be almost, um, I want to use my, my, my frustration or my anger to positively push me on to to not give up uh, and I find it difficult to find out to think is that ex where where does acceptance lie or and, and where is I don't know giving up how do you manage you talked about acceptance tell me a little bit about what that means to you um well I suppose it's like uh just kind of accepting that my my life is different now and it's um it's a different lifestyle kind of um and it's just kind of trying to figure out things that i can do um is like things that i enjoy that i could do that i can do like i i um started getting better at um animating and different hobbies that i'd be able to um pursue that i couldn't before so there's some advantages so it's just kind of like trying to look on the bright side and um yeah that's yeah 
<laughs> it's not easy. I, that's that's really cool. Thank you. Tell me about the animating. I'm really interested in this. It's something I did whenever I was uh, I was young. I have a personal personal interest in this. What what is it that you do? Um. Well, I would I do uh, stop motion animation with Lego figures and um. Well, just well, I started trying to do it with clay, but I wasn't very good with clay. So yeah, I just do it with Lego figures now. Um, uh, <laughs> That's um, awesome. So yeah, um, I taught myself how to do it um, when I was twelve, and then just trying to improve it ever since. And um, when I got sick, I just kind of thought I could teach myself more and more about it. So I kind of improved a lot since um, in the past few years than like someone my age probably could have because I am stuck at home a lot and I have a lot of uh, free time in my hands when I'm, when I'm having a good day, I suppose. Yeah, and that, that would be your go-to fun activity on a good day. I, I've seen some of your, your work, and I really think it's awesome. Uh, where can people, where would people be able to set eyes on it? Um, well, I'm working on a, a like big video that I've spent, that I've been working on since um, last September. And um, if people are interested in it, it'll be out in um, May, around May, um, on my YouTube channel, it's called um, The Meh Enthusiast. That's uh, T-H-E-M-E-H, and I won't try and spell enthusiast today. Uh, that's, um, yeah, I would encourage people to go check it out. And uh, yeah, let me know when the big one is, is finished, and I'll I'll stick it on Twitter as well, because I think it's really cool stuff. Um, I remember I used to animate, uh, I used to do stop motion using um, old wrestling figures. And I used to have like whole wrestling matches um, done in stop motion, which, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. So I love your stuff as well. That's that's really good. Um, so you've said a couple of times about this is what this is the new reality for your life. And you've accepted that life will be different. Um, how do you see this going then? Do you have, I ask, I often ask people, do you have hope? And you're now 14 years old, I think. So do you have hope for the future? And where does that come from? Um, yeah, I suppose I do have hope because I, I am this young. And yeah, I suppose, like, um, my way of thinking, like I've, I've said, I've kind of accepted it, but that's like, a temporary acceptance I think like it's probably gonna go away uh, pretty soon um <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah whenever like sometimes I think like oh this can't be like forever like I'm, I'm not gonna be 60 and still have it or something but um something like it's yeah I haven't quite accepted that it, it could be but um, I've accepted that for now this is um, what it's like yeah so. I, I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it I like that idea of temporary acceptance because it doesn't like you say looking ahead um, that that could be a bleak outlook but then again fully accepting means maybe not not fighting as much as one could perhaps so i like the idea of temporary acceptance uh subject to you know future analysis so i think that's a good idea how have you found things like um going to doctors and and that sort of thing um not great to be honest um because there there aren't many doctors that would um that even believe in me in um the republic so, uh, yeah, so um, like we went to a children's hospital in Dublin um, since, I think, September 2018. And then turns out the, the whole time they, they thought that we were pretending and they were actually going to take us off our parents and all this crazy stuff. And they were keeping it a secret. And then they were saying, oh, it's you can come in for 
the physiotherapy and um you can like talk to a counselor and stuff but then they for some reason thought that we were not genuine not genuinely sick so um yeah they tried they tried to take us off our parents and then um yeah um so we moved to Sligo <laughs> um, <laughs> So we moved to Sligo. That is one of the worst things I've ever heard. I just, I can't imagine what that was like to go through for you guys. It was quite terrifying because we were, um, we were in like our house in Dublin, not sure if like the guards were going to knock at the door, like any, they could have any day and just, come in taking us or our parents away and then that would have been it so yeah we were talking to um a woman called christine who also has emmy and she was very helpful with it and um they were trying to have meetings with um our parents like just our parents and then um our gp and them um in a room together and they were saying like oh we're gonna take your kids away basically and then um our gp had tons of notes and everything and um was gonna he could have given those notes to them but they didn't want to see them uh, and they, they basically said like no we're not gonna take a look at the gp's notes and then yes yeah, so it was very stressful <laughs> to deal with uh, to say the least that's that's um I'm amazing that you have I'm I'm assuming that your faith in the medical world is a little bit you know fragile then at the moment it must be hard to trust doctors that you come across Yeah um yeah it is because uh, uh, even the GP that we have now since we moved we had to change doctors but um he's he's not the best when it comes to Emmy, he's just like a kind of old-fashioned. If I'm being honest, so he oh, doesn't... mine's yeah, mine's the same. Mine, yeah. mine told me I, he wouldn't diagnose if I'd come to him originally. He wouldn't have diagnosed it, you know. And just yeah. hearing that, it blows my mind. It blows my socks. It really does. Uh, but yet we um, we have to have, I guess, faith. It's just hard, to, I guess find where to direct that faith at you know there's people out there i think doing great things raising money for me research and i think those are the people that i i have my faith in you know that maybe they'll come up with something then show it to the doctors and say here this is this is the way you need to be thinking and talking you know and yeah like i like there's the emmy awareness week and stuff and then there's people on twitter who would um talk about their issues as well which helps to see like or oh, not alone with it like um yeah and then we also whenever our cousin would come over or just even talking to them because they live in um, scotland but we could we just talk to them about it sometimes and then that would help because we have different things that we have in common that we can talk about so your your family is your first emmy support group then in a way yeah um yeah it's like a, a community inside of a community <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. oh that's that is great um boy that's it's such an impactful story and and i don't want to i think it's important chatting to you guys that i don't want to keep harking back to what age you are you know because but that's that's a heck of a lot for somebody and some people so young to be taking on i don't want to be you know but the only i'm not your age uh but whenever i i look at you know people i know relations who are your age you know it's that old fashioned idea that you know you should be out playing and making mistakes and having fun and playing Fortnite and you know all that kind of thing and uh is that is is most of 
this idea of what a young person should be doing is that closed off to you um yeah it's like i see on instagram or something like friends from primary school that are going to like discos or something and then just kind of like i actually forget sometimes that there are people who still go to school and do normal things and yeah so it's it's just kind of weird to think about like oh that used to be what it was like and then it's very different so it's just um adapting to um how it is it's kind of how i've learned to deal with that kind of stuff but and I think you've adapted supremely well, far better than than many adults who've had this illness for many years. It's um, it's a genuine inspiration to talk to you. It really is. This conversation is going to stay with me and uh, remind me when I'm feeling a bit self-piteous. Uh, I'll remember you and uh, it, it is genuinely inspiring. Um, I'm very grateful for you sharing your experience. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, Sean... Um, will will you can you know i'd love you to drop back in on the show from time to time and let us know how things are going in in sligo for you and the guys and uh definitely uh come may i for one i'm going to be super excited about what happens on the the meh enthusiast youtube channel recommend everybody check it out there'll be a link in the show notes for that um but for now sean um thank you so much for visiting with us I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and letting me talk about my experiences. <laughs> no worries, man. That was uh, my chat with Sean. Um, you know, can't thank him enough. Uh, absolutely. Fantastic guy. And like, I, I honestly, so much inspiration um, from from someone uh, you know, he, he does put me to shame in, in many places. I, I Really, I've learned a lot from, from chatting to these two guys. Uh, talking of which, um, after a quick switch of the microphone, I uh, started talking to his sister, Neve. Um, I should note before um, Neve comes on that uh, both uh, Sean there and Neve coming up mentioned Christine, who, who was a big help to the family. Uh, they're referring to uh, somebody associated with uh, ME Advocates Ireland, um, who uh, we may uh, we may uh, find out more about in, in a future episode, I think. But whenever they're talking about Christine, they're talking about Christine from ME Advocates Ireland. Uh, all right, so with that out of the way, this is uh, this is myself and Neve. Hey Neve, how you doing? Um, I'm alright. I think today's probably one of my like average kind of regular days where I guess I'm kind of fatigued and my memory wouldn't be the best today. But aside from that, I'm kind of alright. You know, I was able to get up and get dressed and stuff. But see, I you've hit on something immediately that I really like. <laughs> because you described what I'd be like maybe on on an okay day you know so you could get up and get dressed and it's so funny whenever we talk about this is an okay day like if I was to call my parents or something right yeah. and I'd say they'd say how you're feeling like they do every time I call them and um, and I say well I'm doing okay and they're like oh that's great and it's like well no okay means I'm sitting up I'm dressed uh, but, you know, chances are I can't remember much at all, you know. And uh, if I read five minutes of a book, I'd be in bed. It's it's so funny how we, what okay means to us to and how we accept what, you know, this new version of okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know? like, I have, um, like, my friends, anytime I talk to them, they'll be, asking me like how I am and like that's nice kind of that they're thinking of me and stuff but then it gets to a point where you're like well it's not really going to change that much from the last time so yeah it's you know it's not easy is it with friends and I think it's great in a you know it's obviously awful that you are one of you know six people in your extended family who have this illness but yeah. at least then there is that understanding because yeah. I think I think you're right um, I once did a whole show on 
on people asking how you're doing because it's such a difficult you don't want to if you were to tell the absolute honest truth which you know there are friends that we can do that with but if you were to do it every time it would be awful you know (laughs) i don't think you know how you're doing well it's you know if you just listed all the things that sean just talked about no one would call you back yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not easy to answer a simple question, and people do ask it, and and you don't want to disappoint them either, do you? Yeah, it's like they do ask it a lot as well. So you kind of um, get like I can't think of the right word at the moment. It's like a routine kind of of people ask you how you are. You say, oh, I'm kind, of, I'm okay, you know, and then kind of leave it at that because if you get into it more, it's just you could be talking for like an hour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're having okay today, day to day, and um, what's your kind of tell me your origin story then, for want of another word? How did you find out uh, you might have this illness, and what happened? Um, yeah, so I think it would have been September 2017. Uh, I had a virus at the start, and that lasted, I think, two weeks, and then I felt like a lot better for like a week and I was in school every day I was at the gym almost every day of the weekend out with my friends and stuff and then the next I think Monday or Tuesday I was just back to square one I was back to not able to get out of bed not able to really move my arms and legs and the most maybe I would have done that week is like come downstairs sat on the couch and then went back up to bed again you know yeah and then it sorry no, no, go on. Um, it stayed that way for I think a month, or maybe a little bit more than that, and then it kind of started to improve. So I would have been able to get up, but not really able to do much else. So I hadn't done a lot of schoolwork in that time. So then I started yeah. kind of getting back into school as much as I could, uh, which was a mistake because I didn't realize what it was at that point. Yeah. So I was just trying to get back to normal, get back to normal, and um, like I think. I tried to go into school a good few times since then, but like, it's just the same thing every time. It leaves me in bed for half a week at least afterwards. So it's just not worth the um, symptoms that it causes, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's that decision to, uh, to stop. It doesn't come easy, does it? No, definitely not. Like, I started going back into school last September again, like, so since we moved here, I thought, oh, great, a fresh start. I can try going into school for, like, some bits, you know? Yeah. And I did kind of start back with full days, which was definitely not a good idea. Um, But then I realized after, like, three days of going in for full days, but not, like, in the same week, um, that it just wasn't working. So I tried then doing half days. Sorry. And um, that still wasn't working. Like I was still in bed for maybe two days afterwards. So Mm. I tried going in for just one class at a time, but that's still a good like 40 minutes at a time trying to concentrate and stay alert and listen to what's going on and be aware of like if the teacher's asking questions or taking like asking us to take notes and things like that. So it's just, and having to like shower and get dressed and everything first and then go in and then, you know, talk to people and, things like that it's just it just didn't work even one class so now I'm uh kind of trying to accept that I will have to do online school at least for the leaving sir and then maybe I'll get into part-time college or something I'm not sure yet but that's in the future like for now I'm just trying to deal with the uh home schooling stuff but that but whatever you said about um, and describing everything, it's not just going in for one class. I love how you talk about, obviously, that requires getting dressed, getting showered, getting to the school, leaving the school, getting home, you know, not just yeah. the 40 minutes of processing. That's a that is just thinking about that whenever I was picturing doing it. That's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I certainly couldn't do that. And I think it's interesting as well that because I've tried myself, I think you and I are probably quite similar in the way we have we we uh we persevere um let's say to put it positively um <laughs> that uh you say okay i'm just going to go to one class a week 
But our yeah. illness, our illness doesn't respect a timetable. You know, <laughs> it's it's like you, you can't say, okay, next Tuesday between twelve o'clock and twelve forty, I'll be well. Yeah. You know, appointments. It just doesn't respect appointments, does it? I think that's one yeah. of the hardest things. Definitely. Where you know you can't say, oh yeah, I'll be. I, you might be able to guess I can do 40 minutes a week, but you don't know where that 40 minutes is. Mm. And then, yeah. like, on the days where you're well, you're, you might not realize as well, and then you've kind of wasted the day, and then you're like, oh, I could have gone in for maybe, like, 10 minutes there, but I didn't, so... Yeah, that's brilliant, you know? yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. It's just a lot easier to be able to do it at home and, like, if I can do 20 minutes a day at least, then I'm happy with that. You know, like as long as I can stay on top of the subjects that I do have, because I started off this year with, I think, seven subjects, but mm -hmm. that was obviously too many. So at the moment I have three, but if I can't handle that, then I'm going to go down to two and just kind of take it that way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And only do like as much as I can a day. And if I can't like study, um, say it's a Monday and I'm not well, I'll if I was able to get dressed that day, then that'll be enough for me, you know? Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. And how, how are schools with that kind of thinking? Do they, do um, they accept that? Do they support it? Well, the school that I'm in at the moment, this is actually kind of interesting because with the whole coronavirus, everything's online now. Like all the schools are going online. But when it was myself and my brothers trying to go in, but we couldn't go in like, to the school when we were asking them can they send work home for us they wouldn't do it because they're saying oh no that's too much work for the teachers to do whereas there are oh. only three of us and like it would have maybe been only two subject in two subjects anyway so for them to say it's too much work for them to take like five minutes to send you work and correct it like and now they're doing it for everyone it's just <laughs> a bit that's... frustrating you know yeah damn that's amazing yeah. isn't it Mm. oh boy that's 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 something yeah. <laughs> once everybody everything you know uh, everything willing and everything going okay and us all coming out of this okay you mm. should take them to task over that that's that's yeah maybe, maybe point that out to them whenever you've got a good day you know yeah that's amazing um so you what age are you now you're 17 yeah yeah so how about you with, um, I don't know, what's, I have no idea what a traditional 17-year-old's <laughs> life is, but how, yeah. how does a traditional 17-year-old's life differ from what you're doing at the moment then? Um, well, I would definitely say they're in school full-time, at least. like um, Maybe they have a few extracurricular things. They're studying a couple hours a day, and weekends are like full of you know activities, whereas for me, it's... If I can get 40 minutes in of study a week, then that's like enough for me. You know, I'm happy with that because it's an accomplishment kind of, or maybe that's not the right word to use, but it's something to be thankful for, you know? Oh, yeah. Well said. And what about those extracurricular activities? You said you used to go to the gym a lot. I take it that's, yeah. that's gone, is it? Yeah. I used to um, go to dance classes and go to the gym and, go out with my friends and stuff and a lot of that's gone now like I can't do any of the gym or the dancing stuff which was very difficult at the start for me because like that was kind of my whole identity at the time so uh. kind of trying to figure that out was quite tough but um I do still see my friends well not like recently because of the whole self-isolation thing but before that I would see them maybe every three months or something and then when I lived in the same county as them it was every couple of weeks that I would have seen them once, like maybe for two hours and then that'll be it. But we do like yeah. Skype and stuff, so. Yes. And as you say, everybody's in the same boat now, you know, which is, yeah. um, it's interesting. I think there's maybe a lot of people with me out there trying not to be like smug and be like, <laughs> not, yeah. not you see, you know? Yeah, I think uh, though, yeah. um, it might help people to kind of understand it a bit better once they get back to normal that we're still like uh, at home all the time and maybe they'll be a little bit more kind of empathetic around it as well 
Well that's said. the way I'm trying to see it, anyway. <laughs> no, I no, I think that's really. I I have, I'd have faith that that would happen. That's a really good point. Yeah. Now you talked about. I'm quite interested about this idea that dancing was your identity because I think that's yeah. something that we all find very difficult whenever we realize that things have to change. Uh, mm-hmm. We are like whether it's like with me, it was my job, um, you know, and what who I was was very much wrapped up in the guy that you know went out and did all these things and. Um, stopping that it is really hard isn't it yeah whenever you that if you're wrapped up in that's how not only how people perceive you but how you represent yourself to the world you know how did you manage that then how did you do deal with the transition uh i think it's taken me a long time to kind of get to a place where i'll that i've realized like that okay i might never get back to it which is really hard to um process obviously it's taken me like two and a half years to be able to say it you know and but I'm trying to find things like other things that'll kind of still that I'll still enjoy that won't take as much energy like um painting I can do painting uh so if I use oil paints then they'll stay wet for a long time so I can do a painting over like maybe a few days so that rather than like doing it all at once you know fantastic I'm getting this this idea that in your household there's just all this wonderful creative stuff going on all the time. <laughs> it sounds brilliant. Um, so tell me about your painting. Yeah, so I kind of, uh, my dad kind of buys me canvases every so often. So um, I think I had like maybe eight at the start of like the month. And now I'm down to two because I've used them all. Um, mm-hmm. But I generally paint like, I'll go on Pinterest and kind of look at paintings other people have done and take elements of them and try and make them into my own kind of uh make them my own like creation if you like yeah yeah what what kind of subjects are we talking about um so mostly i paint like animals so i've done a giraffe a duck pond a frog and a fish and something else i can't remember oh squirrel sorry and then yesterday though i was watching um the portrait artist of the year so i tried to paint a self-portrait but it didn't turn out very well so i got to the animals <laughs> well i can't draw straight lines so i'm always envious of people who, who are capable of creating something out of a blank canvas that always blows me away um but that's is that painting then would that be your go-to um uh thing to make you feel you know good or 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 feel fun would that be the first thing you go to when you're having a good day yeah i think it kind of changes every like couple of months so at the moment it's painting uh audiobooks on youtube are very helpful because i can't read like myself for very long at a time without kind of being in bed for a while but i really like reading so audiobooks are very helpful for that and um i have a list kind of well not a list but i have a few things written down so i'll just because my memory's just gone um i would uh oh sometimes i play the ukulele as well and the xbox and stuff or listen to music or uh sometimes we have a set uh, sorry um we have a set of swings in our back garden so myself and Ailish will sometimes sit on them when it's nice out and that's kind of one of the things, you know. It is. That's you're making the most of what you've got there, you know. And yeah. uh, that's that's really neat. I I think there's something about people with me and um, doing creative things, creating uh, that I I think yeah. is worth looking into because I know an awful lot of people who create, and it's almost that you're you're leaving um, an imprint. We're called the millions missing, right? And yeah. there's something about, I think, per, I think personally for me, definitely, there's something about saying I'm not missing. And, and we do that by creating something that has, that, that, that is a legacy that we yeah. were here, you know? Yeah. Because I, I think, think like we miss out on so much trying to take control of something is helpful. 
So for me, maybe painting or making videos with Sean and Eilish, I can be kind of bossy with those because it's kind of the only thing that I have, you know? Well, not the only thing I have, obviously, but it's one of the things that I have, you know? Yes, to have creative control. It's Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I think there is something in that. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your What's your feelings for the for the future? Do you have hope? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what it what I'm very hopeful for, you know. But I definitely hope that I'll be happy in whatever I'm doing, you know, and um, that I'll be able to like figure out ways around my symptoms so that I'll still be able to do something that I want to do. Yeah, I think we've, one thing that encourages me is we have had, even just on this show, but you look around everywhere, you know, we've had many writers and creatives on this show, which gives me hope that there are, there are things out there where we can leave a lasting impact, where we can make a difference and contribute um, on our own terms. And it seems to me that you, you have a pretty good grasp on that, it seems you know, um, I, I you seem to be quite confident around that. Yeah, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get to this point, I think, because I'm almost coming up to three years of having it. Obviously, uh, for some people, that would seem like not very much, and for some people, it's a lot. So, um, but it's like in the beginning, I definitely was just trying to fight it a lot, you know, but at yeah. this point, I'm just trying to manage it and try and figure out yes I do have ME but I'm trying to obviously I'm not giving up like completely but um just trying to realize okay I might have to change a little bit of what I'm doing you know is yeah kind of important for me anyway oh no absolutely and I I, I identify even with that um sigh of frustration you just gave there in that (laughs) it's very difficult to describe like i was saying to sean there that line between accepting and giving up and and knowing where that line is how much to angrily push back and how much to accept for now that this is Mm. the way it is yeah you know it's quite difficult to figure out definitely it really is, and we just don't we don't have the energy or the <laughs> for complex thinking like that, you know? Yeah. It's a philosophy almost. It's science, it's philosophy, it's emotions we're dealing with, and and you know, you're half asleep. That's yeah. that's too much. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh what's uh Neve, what's um what's kinda helped with the with this acceptance then? Um well I think for us, like, we, uh, we've struggled to, like, get out of the house very much. Like, obviously, at the moment, with the self-isolation, I keep going back to that, but it's very, like, um, prominent at the moment, I guess. But before the uh, coronavirus was a thing, um, we would have been maybe getting out only every couple of months, like, once every couple of months, but then... Uh, I think it was a local occupational therapist that gave us the wheelchairs that we had and we were renting one of them from, I'm not sure where it was from actually, but um, then there was an occupational therapist from the same, um, from the same like place, I don't, I'm not sure what it's called, but they came out and the other person who had given us the wheelchairs was on, I think, maternity leave or something. So it was a different person and she came out to our house. She said she was coming to um, see if there was anything she could help with, like a shower stool or like um, a handrail on the stairs or anything or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, But she ended up leaving with two out of the three of our wheelchairs that we had. Because she just decided, okay, you don't need them, so I'm going to take them away now. And she did give us the opportunity to say no, but I wasn't sure at the time. And obviously she was like in authority at the time. And I was, I think, 16 or maybe 15. And it was quite stressful for me because I didn't like, I didn't realize at the moment, in the moment that I had to say, no, you can't take it or else she was going to leave with two out of our three wheelchairs that we had. So 
um, she did end up taking them. And so now we only have the one, which is quite annoying because that means only one of us can get out of the house at a time if we're going to need the wheelchair, which most of the time we do. So That's amazing. Um, I can, yeah. I'm almost speechless hearing that. They're, they're, you guys have experienced a heck of a lot of, I don't even know what the word is, ignorance you, and challenges from from the state. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's really difficult. Um, I've experienced this as well. Like we get health assessments, whether it's for mm. uh, wheelchairs or benefits and that sort of thing. Yeah. And again, like we said, your illness doesn't respect a timetable. So you can't go, you can't say, yes, I will definitely be at class at 12 o'clock next Tuesday. <coughs> Just the same. You can't say, yes, I will guaranteed not be able to move my arms or legs next Thursday at 6 p.m. It's possible, but I mm. also might be sitting up playing Xbox. And, but but how to describe that to a, a health professional it's it's really hard isn't it yeah and then there's i don't know do you that for me also it, it on my darker moments it gives me self-doubt as well i kind yeah. of doubt myself sometimes um especially around medical people because i do respect them you know i'm like well you went to medical school and yeah. you're you're a doctor and i'm not you know i'm i'm just me and if you say these things and yeah you're right yesterday i could sit up and play xbox or go for a walk you know and yeah it's but then it's really hard i think to mm. to deal with that does this is this making any sense? I don't know. I'm just rambling. Yeah, definitely because like at the time the um, occupational therapist who decided that we didn't need them, she was like, "Oh, there's about ten other people in the constituency or in the area that she like has uh, control over, kind of, who need the wheelchair much more than you." And she was just saying all these like crazy things to me that I like kind of believed at the time because I didn't know what else to think. Yeah. Like, so then she ended up convincing me that I didn't need it, which I do. And then, so she took it away. And then when she left, it struck me, oh, actually, I'm not going to be able to leave the house that very much now. And that was really difficult. I bet. But I do like the confidence with which you say, I do need it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um that's a phenomenal um, situation. It really is. That's mm. uh, desperate. That really is. And again, like uh, I was saying to your brother, that whenever you have things like this, it's very difficult to think, where should I, where's that hope coming from? Yeah. You know, where do I direct my faith? Hmm. Well, it's not from the um, occupational therapist, anyway. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not with you guys, it's not. So uh, who do you look to then whenever you have hope for the future? Um, I guess just the people who actually have Emmy, like yourself or Christine, like Sean was saying, who kind of fight for um, awareness at the very least and like for like Christine goes around to she kind of tries to um like help doctors understand it a bit more yeah. so in the hospital that we're kind of linked to now she has helped some of the doctors understand it a little bit better so that's probably most of where my hope would lie I think yeah and I, I think you're right it's it almost takes for us it's it's I mean, I'm not big up on many illnesses, but it must be fairly unique where we're the ones having to raise understanding and awareness of our own illness, you know? 
Yeah. And again, we're the worst place people to do it because we're blooming knackered all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, very kindly said folks like me, but it's folks like you coming on the show, you know, and, and sharing your experience that is massively beneficial. It really is, you know? Um, I'm very grateful that I can sit up in my chair here in my in my dining room with my coffee and and record this show and talk to you. Um, I know that you're you're probably very running running on low battery now, and I certainly <laughs> know that I am as well. But um, I'd also you know people do get in touch on Twitter on email uh, who who are just sitting at the moment lying in their beds or sitting on their sofas only able to listen to audiobooks or podcasts like this um yeah. and it's people like you who you know give that identification especially to to people out there who are young and maybe coming into this illness and realizing that their whole idea of what they thought they were and who they were is is changing you know and i think you demonstrate that while some definitions of you change, others mm. don't. Others don't. You know, you seem like a creative, bright, confident, and inspiring person who's accepted again, like your brother, this illness far quicker than I certainly have. You know, um, and that's really inspiring. So thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your experience with us. And I really do hope you'll come on again sometime in the future. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're really welcome. Uh, Neve. we'll talk again. Cheers. So um, that was my chat with Sean and Neve Henneberry. Thank you very much to those two. Um, I, that was recorded, um, boy, probably maybe three weeks ago because of the whole coronavirus thing that I, I, um, I got ill. And I haven't stopped thinking about um, some of those conversations and going back and editing it again. Um, there's some really uh, thought-provoking, inspiring, um, challenging, infuriating, uh, awful, um, and hopeful stuff there. Um, I, coming up, um, not the next show, but the one after that, we'll have their youngest sister, Ailish, and mum, Sinead, on. And um, this isn't kind of through the magic of podcasting. Um, I haven't actually recorded those shows or, or chats yet. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, the great thing about um, having this illness is you've got to be a bit more um, spontaneous. So having, um, I didn't realize the chats with Neve and Sean would, would be um, so, you know, wonderfully in depth. So uh, whenever it came round to passing the mic on again, I was just like, I think we're all tapped out for the day. Let's do this, uh, you know, at a later date. Um, so those, those, the one with uh, mum, Sinead, and, and uh, younger sister, Eilish, those aren't actually recorded. So if you have any um, thoughts on what the guys had to say in this show, or if you've got any comments to make or anything you'd like me to bring up in the chat with Sinead, um, the mum, then... Uh, please do let me know. And how do you do that? Twitter is really good, at zero, all about me. Email, it's really not all about me, at gmail.com. Those are both in the show notes. Also use those to get in touch, follow, uh, to say hi to me. Um, uh, loads of people continue to send emails and, uh, you know, just nice things or, or saying, you know, something helped them, something I said, or, or just, you know, getting in touch as well. And it's really nice. And generally, you know, uh, I have several correspondences going on at the moment with people who've found, found uh, the show. Um, and that's really nice. So, you know, I encourage you to do that uh, if you've got the energy and the time and the inclination. Um, also, before we go, just remember that, as I said earlier, um, this isn't going to come out uh, every other Monday now. It's going to come out as and when. But I actually think that will actually be more frequent than every two weeks. So go to your podcast app that you're listening to this now and um, subscribe and hit the notification button so you get a notification when the next episode is out. Uh, till the next one, um, I want to have a huge thank you to Sean and Neve Henneberry and their whole family. Um, 
this is only part two of that journey. Uh, that was an inspiring and amazing conversation from people who, uh, who you know, in their youth and outlook and acceptance put, put me to shame. So thank you to Sean. Thank you to Neve. I look forward to talking to them again. And thank you to you for listening. Till next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you.